world of thrills, a world of drama, of capes and tights, a world where death is a revolving door. Welcome to The Geek Matrix. It's the DC Comics Review Show, number 153. The world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. It's Rob here, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Brandon. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, mate? I I am doing pretty good, I have to say. How are you? I am doing pretty good as well. Been on a vacation for the past week, and I say vacation, but as we were talking about before, vacation means you're just going nonstop, especially when you have a family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been all yeah i guess they're really yeah yeah i spent uh spent a few days in ottawa seeing an old friend that's uh fun i assume i i don't know i don't know canada it was okay (laughs) it was great seeing my old high school buddy uh i haven't seen him in a couple of years well i saw him last year but before that had been a while um yeah we saw some sights uh, but it was smoky because the fire's in Quebec right now. Oh, trust me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> out and uh, the like air quality index or whatever it is is at like a horrible number right now. All oh, I know yeah. is like, the and they're just like, oh, if you go outside, you're going to feel like crap. And it's true. Yeah. So. It, it, we were in Toronto yesterday. We were supposed to go to the zoo, but the, the index was like 70%. Uh, and it was just okay, not not a good idea. So we went to the aquarium instead. <laughs> uh, stayed inside. Then on the way back, though, I was just like, I was getting woozy. I've been yeah, in the smoke no, too I, long. I couldn't believe it because I was I was outside walking today. Um, I, I was out, you know, picking up my books from my LCS, and like, I just I remembered I, I had to stop. I had to like basically take a rest in the library because it's like I feel like crap. Like my my lungs just feel really weird now. I kept coughing. Um, I know that sounds like super dramatic, but it just, yeah, it just, oh, it'll happen. It really made me feel sick. So, yeah, it's no fun. No, I, I, I get it exactly. I know some, some listeners may, if they haven't experienced it, they'll definitely say it sounds weird, but he's right. Like, if you're out yeah. there in the smoky air for too long, it's going to affect you. It, it's it's not a good feeling. I did it for basically four days. <laughs> it wasn't oh, great. Terrible. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I can I can withstand it for a bit because I, I kind of grew up around campfires, so I'm a little oh, yeah. more used to it. Uh, huh. But just after, eventually, it's going to affect you at some point. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I would have been used to it just being in uh, in Los Angeles uh, for so long and you know having to breathe in so much to the la smoke but yeah i guess i didn't realize that like once you're once you get a taste of, of actually non-polluted air for a little bit and then your your lungs kind of adjust to that going back to the smoke is is terrible yeah yeah it's not pretty yeah but yeah in, in non-health related news what else is going on uh Fucking, that's about it. For the first time in in a long time, like I was on vacation and we'd stop by a, a comic shop because uh, Angela's been picking up. Um, I think it's Boom Studios is doing it, some Disney villains series. Oh, yeah. So she's been getting Scar, and we're trying to find Maleficent, but I 
I can't find it now. <laughs> so I went to the LCS because Scar number three came out this week, and I figured, yeah, I'm already here. It's a Wednesday. I'll just I'll pick up the DC titles I'm reading and and just yeah. get a feel for physical because I've been I've been buying Batman and Green Lantern has got me like and Green Arrow. I'm like, okay, I kind of want to like just read a week's books it's been so long in paper form you know (laughs) so i picked picked up i picked up the five that we're uh reviewing today and it just felt Mm -hmm. so freaking good yeah yeah the first thing oh no yeah i was just gonna say i think it's just because like my my family's so old school about that stuff like my mom she kind of transitioned into being a digital reader um but for the most part you know we we, we usually settle on physical copies of stuff. So I just, that that's just kind of what I became used to. So even when I made the transition to reading weekly comics, I was like, I just can't do this. Yeah. Digitally. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have my, my floppies if I can. Yeah. I, I do miss collecting physical. I mostly switch to uh digital because of the space though. Like, Oh yeah. When, when you're buying physical copies every exactly. single week, Oh my god! It, it's a it takes up so much space. Yeah, <laughs> I, I faced that the hard way going through my dad's comics over the past yeah. few months, and Ooh. I've only been going through the past like comics from the past like 10, 15 years, and I haven't <laughs> even started on the basement yet. <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah, Just well into the nineties and eighties. <laughs> I I can't even imagine. Yeah, oh, I, I can't wait to go like... through it though. Uh, oh, that's gonna be awesome! I'm sure yeah. you're gonna find some serious gems, but yeah, yeah this sort of like because I we have a family friend who's like that too. He's like the guy who basically got me into comics, um, and he has an attic that's filled with like twenty long boxes because he's been collecting since the seventies. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, and like he's he's been you know Mister Weekly Reader since I was like nine, um, yeah. longer than that. But that's that's what I can remember him. Um, I just remember one day he was like, one of these days I'm going to have to recruit you to, to sort through all of these. And I got a look of how big it was. And I was like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> please don't ever let me get to this. Like, I love having my physical stuff, but like just that is that is so much. And yeah, I can't imagine having to just sort through all of that at one point. But um, oh, it, it takes a long route. I didn't even yeah. sort them by series. I want to. Oh. But I was just going through it and pulling out the ones I want to like hold on to yeah. before we put them in storage. I was like, if I sort them out by series, it's going to take a long freaking time. Even just sorting the ones I wanted to keep by series has taken a long time, uh-huh. and I'm still not done. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you, you have to hope that uh, that Haley becomes a nice little comic geek because if so, you can just recruit her to help you sort through all of your stuff. Exactly. Hey. It, I think it's it's bound to happen. If she's gonna pick up a, anything from her old man, it's it's gonna be what I picked up from my old man. I watched oh, yeah. him read comics since I was basically born. Cause he'd been reading them weekly since he was a kid too, since yeah. the seventies as well. And, and he and... just he bought them every single fucking week. <laughs> uh, so yeah. if she grows up seeing me read comics, I know my my oldest niece watch my dad and I read comics, and she kind of got into it too. Even though she doesn't uh-huh. read weekly, she does read some books here and there yeah once that interests her so she definitely picked up that kind of bug uh so i imagine Haley will most likely she'll grow up watching me read comics and seeing all the comics her grandpa had oh, yeah. oh she, she's definitely gonna have that bug oh, that'll be awesome yeah i kind of got angela into it just by 
her being around it. So (laughs) she's almost caught up to Saga. Finally. Finally. Yeah. I think she's on issue 57 right now. Oh, yeah. No, she's she's at least past like the hiatus point. Oh, yeah. Like the big three freaking year hiatus. God, bro. I was at the, um, I don't know if I ever told you guys. I think I did. Um, I was at the, like the saga going away party that they had in, was that 2018? Um, yeah, I think it was 2018. Like they, they stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Brian K. Vaughn was doing a signing that this was back when I was living in LA. Sorry, this is another tangent. Um, I'll go for it. But yeah, this was, this was back when we were in LA. It was for the summer. It was like August, I think. I probably have the picture somewhere. Um, but yeah, it, my, my LCS at the time was like doing a going away party and they were like, oh, hey, come meet, you know, BKV before Saga goes on hiatus. And of course, no one knew that the book was going to be, you know, on hiatus for three fucking years. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, oh, it's taking a little break. And they're, you know, they're doing a little party to kind of celebrate the milestone uh, that the book is at at that point. Um, so I was all excited. I was like, oh, yeah, I like Brian K. Vaughn. I'd, I'd read, I think only Paper Girls at that point. I hadn't even read Saga yet. Um, or hadn't oh, started. Um, yeah. But I, I brought like my cute little Paper Girls trade to get signed. And then in a moment of pure jackassery, I had like, I had like unearthed like a, a three issue arc of Batman that he did in like 2000, which apparently was an audition for the main title and he didn't get it. Uh, uh. At least he didn't get to be the regular writer. But like in, in Supreme Jackassery, I, I was like, oh, I like him. I'll bring this book. And then oh. I asked him, I, but I didn't, I didn't know that story yet. So when I went up to ask him, I was like, oh, hey, I thought this arc was really fun. How come you didn't keep writing Batman? And he was like, oh, I didn't get the job. <laughs> he was really nice about it, though. But like, oh, I just no. remember, like, I, was, I felt like such a tool. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun yeah. time. Oh, man. You know, he seems like a genuine guy that wouldn't really no, be he was, he was like that. really sweet about it. And I was like, oh. If you could write any other DC character, who would you write? Uh, or I was like, I think I said like, oh, I think you should write Green Lantern. He's like, oh, actually, I did. I did. Um, <laughs> you can read it. Like it was, it was just, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was, it was embarrassing, but it was, uh, it was cute, I guess. Yeah, I would love for him to read or write more Green Lantern. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was yeah. fun, but no, he, he was, he was right. Like I was like, oh, I didn't even know. He's like, yeah, I, I did like a Green Lantern event crossover thing in 2000 and sure enough he did i ended up checking it out it's pretty fun i think i got that in a trade i when i picked up the dc universe by brand cave on yeah i think i at least have a bit of of that yeah Yeah. is this circle of fire he did i think so yeah shit (laughs) that's been on my list to read for a while now (laughs) because i I remember it i missed the guy larry so i gotta check that out yeah no i remember it being uh pretty fun but yeah there's a um they had like everyone in the store sign some poster banner or something that was like oh congratulations bkv like you made it to 54 or whatever the um 54 53 i don't remember when uh, it was 54 when yeah, it ended or <clears throat> something like yeah something like that um they had like yeah some poster some banner it was like oh congrats bkv and somewhere on there, if if anyone can find it out there, I don't even know where it would be. You'd have to probably talk to the people at Golden Apple Comics. But somewhere on there, there's a signature from from seventeen year old me that says, 
um, congratulations, looking forward to the Green Lantern book or some, something <laughs> stupid like that. Uh, look back and cringe, but, you know, it was, it was fun to talk. Anyway, I'm sorry. We just like totally went off the script again. That's fine. Oh, that's, that's a, that's a, I understand what it's like to meet a creator and just feel awkward. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you Believe read not, much more BKV since then, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Because at that point, I really only dipped my toe <clears throat> into his work. I think the only things that I had read were... Um, I'd started Paper Girls. I was on, like, volume three at that point. Right. Um, I'd read Runaways and then that three-issue arc of Batman. But he was such a... Like, he was such a nice guy and, like... Just people were such um, such big fans of him, so enthusiastic that like literally the next day was when I started Why the Last Man. Um, right, and then Good. from there the rest was kind of history. Yeah, but, that's, yeah, that no. was gonna, I was going to say if you haven't read Why the Last Man, you need to check. Oh it. yeah, yeah. No, Why the Last Man was was probably my favorite series of his until Ex Machina, right. and actually that was that was one that your dad and I like agreed on, and I was like. My man, <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. point of uh, point of pride and connection because that one for me was was really something special. Yeah, that that is. I need to like deep dive on all of oh, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn's work. I've read most of Why the Last Man. I've read Saga. Uh-huh. I've read Runaways. I read a couple of bits of his DC stuff, but like I got to get more into it. Paper Girls is one that I've always wanted to read. I just haven't had a chance to get into. Oh yeah, it's yeah. that's another one. Like they they put out the compendium recently, but um, that's another one that you'll probably just fly right through. Like, yeah, it, it, it's I'm not gonna say it's easy to get through because um, you know it's it's definitely a lot of twisting and turning because they're they're moving through time and dimensions and all that stuff. So obviously it's a lot of plot to follow, but it's it's a it's um, I'm trying to find the right way to say it. it's it's a good enough read that like once you start you'll want to finish. Right. So, and and Ex Machina is like that too. I would say even more so, because that one is like I think it's only collected across five trades at this point, like the the um like kind of deluxe editions, and those ones are really easy to get through. Like you just you start it, and if you're into the series, you just fly right through it. Right. Um, I will say the the ending. Well, it depends, but for me, the ending damn near ruined the entire series, but. That's just because it, it did some things that I was not happy with. But that's how you know you like a book when you're that invested and exactly. it makes you angry. Exactly. Yeah. So that'll do it. Uh, that was yeah. that was me with uh, the uh, Rebirth Green Arrow series. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. I was just mad that it did end. <laughs> with the issues. What a shame. Yeah. Could have gone on to more. We have but to no. get a vet Leviathan. Ugh. God damn it. Don't remind me. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> uh. Um well speaking of other books, I, I want to bring up uh through my Dollarama adventures, I Ooh. found some trades from Oni Press called Kaiju Max. Okay. And I mentioned this to you guys. Oh yeah, in you, the you comments chat. It. Yeah. Yeah. And and I didn't give it as glowing of a review as I thought I did because I realized <laughs> after I, I sent my message, I only just 
basically just copied what Alan Moore said on the, the cover of volume one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic stuff. <laughs> um, but honestly, like I could go on. It's, it's written and I believe drawn by Xander Cannon, who yeah. you were able to deduce actually worked with Alan Moore in the past. Yeah. On top 10. Cause I, I saw that name and I was like, that is so familiar, but I didn't know where and i was like i know i've seen him with alan moore somewhere else and then i was like wait a minute i think he was he was like the inker uh, for gene ha on top 10 um and then i think at a certain point he did like some of the top 10 spin-offs but um i don't i don't think i read those right um with this though it's it's a world where giant monsters are kind of all over the place uh-huh. And Kaiju Max is this Supermax prison where basically like Ultraman style wardens uh, yeah. will just house them and keep them there. And it's the story of all these monsters in, in like general in Gen Pop in this Supermax just interacting with each other. And there's like gangs and, <laughs> and factions and, and it follows this one monster that's like fresh there. And he's trying to get back to his kids back home. because He's got their food, but nobody wants to help him. And there's like corruption in the guards. <laughs> it's, it's honestly kind of adorable. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it sounds silly, but like the hearing you describe it, it's, it's definitely interesting enough that i would probably pick it up and, yeah and it's it. it's definitely a silly concept but it's it's presented in a very good way okay that's yeah cool. and each trade it's it's rep it's represented as a season so it looks like it's going to be the same idea but new characters coming in every trade oh, awesome. yeah okay. so i've got season one three and five so one three four and five what's been bugging me is is all the dollar items in my area only have season three, four, and five. I had to go to freaking Ottawa to get season one. <laughs> so I don't That's know if I'm ever going to find season two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did you ever read Ultra Mega? That doesn't sound familiar, you know. It's um. It was this book by James Heron. It's from Image Comics, and it was like, I mean, it's a different different premise, but it also involves kaiju, and I think it was sort of like basically a, a city that was overrun by various kaijus and then the ultra mega um kind of steps in to, to save the rest of the city i think it was like like three people make up the ultra mega i gotta reread that ultra one mega. but um that was that was another one that was like when you were kind of talking about the kaiju and um just this this prison that's filled with them it kind of made me think about that for some reason just like a, a society that just has kaijus there i mean so funny you mentioned that because I'm looking at images of Ultra Mega now. The the giant warriors that the wardens and guards turn into look a lot like wow. Ultra Mega. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. that's kind of funny. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll check this out. That looks interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a cool one from what I remember, but yeah, that's another one that I also got to revisit. See yeah. how I feel about it later. Oh, which reminds me, I think there was another book that came out this week. I got to pick up. When I went to my LCS, they only had DC. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I went. I went on Wednesday. They said their Marvel oh, was yeah. delayed, so yeah. next week they're just going to have two weeks worth of Marvel. I'm like, holy okay. shit, that sucks. Well, I hope they get it in because I I heard from um from my guy that like apparently 
the shipment next week is going to be delayed because of Independence Day. And I don't know if it's if it's separate because I think um, a lot of the books ship from Canada. So I don't know. Um, I, I, although I could be totally fucking wrong with that. So don't don't quote don't me on that. But um, yeah, I don't even know if if uh, this next week's books might be delayed or not. So. Huh, interesting. Did did your LCS get this week's books? Yeah, no, we got we got this week's books. We got the, yeah. the Marvel Vendor DCs. Um, but interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of weird. I mean, yeah. I get it for Independence Day. We wouldn't have that problem. We have Canada Day, but it's on Saturday. Yeah, um, Canada Day, which hilariously, as as my Canadian friend um I think he was from no i think he was from toronto too we went to high school together but as my canadian friend ridiculously and constantly made fun of me about also happens to fall on my birthday um oh so, yeah yeah july 1st right on so even though even though i would make fun of canada incessantly i mean with love of course but yeah know, it, it comes with the territory being an american uh, the, <laughs> don't worry we do the same was, thing up here <laughs> oh yeah no the true irony is that my birthday happened to fall on your guys's national holiday so yeah yeah so definitely don't come to canada for your birthday because everything's closed oh god yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well with the exception of a few things yeah yeah it might be raining so I, we, we were planning on going to the park and having Haley watch the fireworks but we might get yeah. rained out uh, yeah. Yeah. Which means, and Josh will appreciate this. I'll just sit home and watch uh, Money in the Bank. <laughs> WWE. Because yeah. that's happening July 1st as well. Hey, that's, that's still a fun day. Exactly. At least for me. Yeah. I can't imagine my wife and mom and my daughter will be particularly happy about it. <laughs> uh, but I'll have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you're wondering, dear listeners, uh, Josh is not with us this week. He's been a bit of a busy guy and has not really had a chance to read any books this week. He might be doing it right now um, as we speak, but he hasn't really had any opportunity to read before we were going to record. So he's taken the week off and seeing as we're only reviewing five books this week, uh, Brandon, I figured we could handle it. I think so. Yeah, I think we can. And those five books, if you care to know, uh, at least for now, uh, for this show, we're looking at three and for our paid review bonus show for subscribers on our Discord, they get to listen to us talk about two books, which you will hear about if you check out that show. Please do check that out. Uh, Subscribe on our Discord. You can find links to that by visiting our website, thegeekmatrixpod.com. Uh, before today's books on this show, we are looking at Harley Quinn number 31, Detective Comics number 1073, and Action Comics number 1056. And we do have, as usually the case, honorable mentions. Other books that came out this week include The Riddler Year One number 5, Batman the Brave and the Bold number 2, Tim Drake Robin number 10, Fables number 159, DC Ruby number 5, and Batman The Adventures Continue Season 3 number six and i have not had a chance to read any of those yet because <laughs> i've also been a busy guy on vacation yeah as i mentioned to brenna i was only just able to finish the books we're reviewing today <laughs> uh 
Um, well, of those, I really only checked out Brave and the Bold just because there were a couple of stories that I liked, and it was pretty good. I mean, yeah. you know, for the most part, it, it has some um, some fun stories, fun continuing stories. Um, I'm still not completely sold on the main Tom King Batman retelling of the first Joker story. It's okay, but it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's not really doing it for me. Not in like the way that some of the stories usually do. But the um, the Stormwatch story is fun from Ed Person and Jeff Spokes. The Superman story from Christopher Cantwell is, and I keep using this word to describe his story. So Kirk, I hope you're listening. If you remember this deep cut, that the story is interesting, which is how I described every single issue of his Iron Man. I don't think I have any other way to describe his writing style, to be honest. I I need um, to ask what uh, what do you mean by interesting because I did I not care know. for it. <laughs> like okay, so the thing is, like um, when Kirk and I were reviewing that book, I could never rate it for the life of me. Like I I could not oh, yeah. the score because it was a book that like it wasn't bad in my opinion, but it wasn't it wasn't outstanding or good. It was just like yeah. it would it would have moments that were kind of profound the moments that were just like what the fuck and i know a lot of books fit that description but for some reason like i could just never pin it down and it was the weirdest thing like it was like being on a a slip and slide for some reason like, <laughs> literally every issue i yeah i know that's a colorful uh, description for you but literally every issue i would read i would just come away i'm like i i think i liked it i don't i don't know no yes yeah um so, no, that's yeah. honestly i i 100 get that but i still fell off that book i'm just like i i don't know how i feel about it so i'm just gonna stop <laughs> and i don't think i'm gonna yeah. miss anything and i i, no, I never I, went back <laughs> I, I was the same way it was the same way i dropped yeah. off with 15 i think and i was just like this is making this is making my brain hurt too much like not yeah. even that it's confusing it's just like I just can't it's, make sense of this book and what it's trying to be. Yeah, like it started out simple enough, yeah. and then next thing I know, he's like a god. I'm like, what the I know, fuck I was happened? Like, what the fuck is going on? Because <laughs> the way they advertised it was so deceptive. They're like, oh, you know, we're gonna focus on the man and Iron Man. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Sure. As long as it's good, fine. Um, but then, like. You know, by issue four, he's like trying to take down um what the fuck was his name? The Avengers villain. Um I don't even oh remember. Um was that the one with was that the one with the living laser or was that the current one? No, it was um oh god. Uh I just remember Patsy Walker was involved for some reason. Yeah. Um God, what the hell was Uh, this is oh, gonna kill me. That's gonna bug me now. See, oh, Korvac, that was it. Korvac. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Which already I mean, was just like way too yeah, big a villain like, to handle by what himself. The hell is going on? Like <laughs> by issue five, he was like harnessing energy to become a god, and I was like, "What the fuck is going?" On? Like, I thought this was just supposed to be like a down to earth Tony Stark story, and now we're dealing with like Korvac and like the secret cabal, and I'm like. I, I don't know. It was it was so weird, and it, it never felt like it knew what it wanted to be. Yeah. But the book went for like twenty five issues, so I guess people liked it. I don't I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I think my dad read every single one. Oh man, yeah, yeah. he was a braver man than I. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. 
Oh, I think um, he's read every Iron Man in the past, like, I don't know, 25 years. Yeah. I don't think he's skipped an Iron Man series. Honestly, and this this might get me killed. This is, might get me flamed out of the podcast, but, like, I don't know. I've never really been that big about Iron Man. It feels like I've always wanted to be, but I could just never really get into the character. I think I like him in the movies and stuff. I know. Wow. What a shocking take. <laughs> like every, every time I've tried to really like sit down and get into an Iron Man run, it never takes. There are select stories that I like. Like I, I read Extremis and that was pretty good. Um, and um, it was like, a, I think it was like the first arc from the Matt Fraction run, but everything else, I just, I could never really find myself getting into the character not like with captain america or even thor to a certain extent yeah now it's funny Um, you mention that because i've realized recently i feel the exact same way about thor yeah i I just realized i i've read thor i've enjoyed thor i just don't give a shit about thor (laughs) i I think yeah i i was i was like that and then i don't know like i guess a light switch in my head just kind of flipped and i was like you know what like fuck it Norse mythology, not that different from history, and that's my that's my area. And then it was like some something. It was just like you know what, you really want to read Thor right now, like something in my brain just changed. Yeah. And suddenly, I, I I had to get my hands on Thor, which is fair. Yeah. Like I think it it clicks when I was reading because I found also at Dollarama I found a collection of Thunderstrike issues, uh-huh. and and Thor by. Um, I was gonna say Brian K. Vaughn, but not Brian K. Vaughn. Fuck it. <laughs> Dan Jurgens. And oh, I was yeah. going I was going through those. I'm just like, wow, this is actually kind of boring. <laughs> Wait, so you you actually bought it? Yeah. Well, it was five bucks. Like oh, if I yeah. if I see a full trade for five dollars, I'm picking up a full trade. No, for I was, $5. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> even, yeah, even if you don't like it, like just just fuck it. Like just yeah, pick it up and read like, it. And that's see. the perfect opportunity to try something out. That's exactly yeah, what happened with, with Kaiju Max. I checked it out. I love yeah. it. <laughs> right? I check out one of my favorite writers of all time, Dan Jurgens, writing Thor, and I was like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, I, you that's know, when it's... I realized I just I don't really care about Thor. So I get oh, yeah. why why I get your feelings about Iron Man. It's it's like the it feels like the same thing. Yeah, no, because I, I was gonna say, like, it's not I, I'm sure it's not a total fault of the writing. Like, no, it's just you read it and you're like, I really don't care about Thor. Like I see that. And, yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. I know that now. Yeah, I just I don't have to try. Like some of the yeah, recent yeah. stuff has looked fantastic. I just haven't had the the drive to really give a shit enough to start from the first issue. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because I've I've seen some of the art from that book. It's I know it's John Romita Jr. and I was yeah, actually kind sure. of curious to check it out because I was like, I mean, you know, like I I generally like Dan Jurgens' writing and like you know this is a John Romita Jr. that isn't as kind of like strung out as he is now in terms of art. So no, it was it actually good pretty good art. It was actually pretty good art. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I might check it out and see how I feel. Um, and, uh, and maybe see if I, if I have a little more enjoyment out of that one. Than, uh, than yeah. Uh, but dear listeners, if you are looking for a uh, Iron Man story that is grounded down to earth and about the man in the Iron Man armor, the current Iron Man story is actually a lot like that. <laughs> is, is it um? So is far. that run like 
pretty good so far because I I, I, I enjoy it. Three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I got I got to issue three, and it wasn't that I I stopped because I didn't like it. It was just like I kind of had too much stuff, and I was like, I'm just gonna kind of put this on pause. Yeah. Maybe catch up with it in bulk later. I get that. Sorry, I'm just checking out. There's a a hornet on my window, and I'm trying to make oh, sure God. it doesn't uh, get yeah. inside. <laughs> Uh, oh god you know what it's actually inside my window oh, okay. that's, <laughs> that's not fun. good yeah that's not good at all oh god how am i gonna deal with this see i can't open my window i don't even know how it got in there it's between the window panes Very oh god oh i think it got out oh okay so maybe i just have a gap there Oh, I do. Oh, okay, that's fine. Because I have my AC unit in the window, yeah. and I have the portion above it taped off. But apparently, between the outside window and the AC, there's a gap to get in. So, okay, that's not so bad. All right, nothing to worry. Okay, about. I have to ask. Listeners won't be able to see this, but um, do you have a green light in your room, or is that just your computer making you look incredibly green? <laughs> I don't I, I'm looking, know. I'm gonna be I'm honest with you. I'm looking at you right now, and like <laughs> you look like Green Man. I, I, oh god, I see it. Yeah, now that I'm looking at my camera, um, <laughs> now, I don't know why it's so green. Let me. Okay, that's okay. When I do that, no, it's, it's like so, every time so you move green. closer to the camera, yeah, you become green. That's weird. <laughs> I'm not complaining. It's just it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that. Maybe it is from the light. But my, my screen is all white right now because I have Google Docs open. I don't know. Maybe it's In also because uh, I have my my Buy Pride flag up on the window and it's right behind the camera. So when the light oh, shines through, the, the pink and purple shine on me. I don't know if maybe that's what's happening. I don't know why it would make me look green. I think I think we all know that this is just you revealing your alien. <laughs> Yes, Just I. Like uh, my my sister is secretly Jade. Yeah. Yeah. Though I, I guess that'd make me Obsidian. I don't know. I could see that, but also I don't want to see you turn into a villain. Yeah, but they ended up being good people after a while, anyway. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but in that case, I, I think your dad was very much the, the Alan Scott of our, our weird little uh, comics family that we have. Yes, if not the, the Jay Garrick, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was one more thing I was going to bring up, and then that wasp kind of interrupted me. <laughs> we were talking about honorable mentions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were. Uh, shit. Well, I closed it. <laughs> I guess we're done. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, that that was it for honorable mentions. No, I think it was something else about Marvel I was going to bring up. We were talking about Iron Man and Thor. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think it was the current run. Yeah. But now I don't remember. No. The, well, the current the current run honestly is pretty good. I think it's like okay. seven issues deep right now. I'm enjoying it. As someone who really fell off Christopher Cantwell's run, like this one yeah. is actually really good. And yeah. it's it is a very grounded story. I don't know how the Christopher Cantwell one ended, uh-huh. but basically, like Tony is broke, and 
he's he's been ousted from his company, which I know stuff that's happened before, but it's very different here where he's broke because he spent the rest of his money buying up all the weapons that his company made and all sorts of other weapons in the world and storing it in a facility to just keep it off the streets. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then now play disastrously later, but Oh, so far it does. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because now like he, he basically had to sell parts from his suit just to like make ends meet. And he's currently living out of one of the oh. few warehouses he has left. And he has yeah, one I remember suit that. left. Yeah. Um, and uh, then an old, not really that old, but an, uh, an X-Men villain shows up and takes over Stark Industries yeah. and is beginning to uh, use Stark Stark's name for nefarious purposes. And there is a bit of a twist involved that I think shows up in like issue five that okay. I will I won't spoil if you are looking to read it because it's it's yeah, it's interesting. No, awesome. yeah. yeah. And he's he's just going ham. I think it was the yeah. last issue was uh also a look into the past when the Avengers were like new. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the story cool. with Tony. Yeah, it was kind of kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm 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 really hoping like once I kind of um, settle with the stuff that I'm reading right now, I can get back into that one. But I, I got to tell you, dude, like this is the third time I've tried to get into an ongoing Iron Man series because it started with Dan Slott in like 2018. Yeah, but that's Tony Dan Slott. <laughs> Fell off of that one after like issue seven. I gave that one much more than I should have. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, Christopher Cantwell, like, I don't really know anything about you, but I'm willing to give you a shot. And we already talked about that. So I was like, like if, if Jerry Duggan can't do it, maybe no one can. So oh, I think, I, I, I think Jerry Duggan way. can definitely do it. Cause it's, it's yeah. got what I think has been missing from the past few runs. It's missing fun. And this one definitely has some fun to it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. It's got a few different yeah. tones that, that kind of all mesh well. And I haven't read like an Iron Man series proper, and I don't want to say ten years, but it's got to be close to that. Yeah, you sold me. There we go. I hope so. And then, then you and Kirk can talk about it, and then okay. with all three of us can talk about it, and we can say yeah. Iron Man. Iron Man is good again. Iron Man. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Uh, I have been afraid be... to tell Kirk that I just like to say it in the comic right. chat that I just don't like Thor, and then Kirk be like, "The fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> the... You're exiled. Yeah. You're exiled like Thor." Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I don't. I think I don't remember if we talked about it last week. I meant to bring it up, but I, I might have. But Incredible Hulk number one. Speaking of Marvel books, yeah, I think we we briefly we, we mentioned briefly talked it. about that and Ultimate Invasion because they came out the right. Same week. Yeah, but uh, I don't remember if it was no, it was Tom Zim in our chat. I didn't get a chance to look at it yet. He he said yeah. he read Incredible Hulk number one, and it's it's really fucking good. And I have to agree with him. Yeah, it, no, it's great. Yeah, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. It fits on this show perfectly. That name. Uh, so bringing it back to what Al Ewing did with the horror stuff and the Green Door is just. So freaking choice. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, um, I think it, it definitely the the direction that it it needed to go. Which again, like I said, it may feel like backtracking after the last run, 
which obviously was trying to kind of go its own way and do the whole Starship Hulk thing. But yeah. I think I think horror really is where Hulk kind of shines. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Which I never would have thought of. I didn't really think yeah. of that until Al Ewing's Hulk. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I was the same way. Because I, I guess, and I don't know if you felt the same way too, but like I always kind of saw Hulk as like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say standard superhero, but I, I just kind of saw him as like, oh, you know, Marvel character kind of smashes stuff like all that. Uh, yeah. But I guess I it wasn't until Al Ewing and really Al was kind of taking notes from Stan and Jack, which I never would have thought of. But he was really the one that kind of emphasized the whole like Jekyll and Hyde thing of like, you know, there's the man on the surface and then there's the one below. The one yeah. that kind of comes out at night and is, is the worst manifestation of all that you are. And I never would have thought of that. I never would have made that connection, you know, without a mortal hope. And I know it seems kind of obvious now, but like for some reason it just didn't click because maybe I wasn't thinking about Hulk that. Or, oh my god, I wasn't thinking about Hulk that much. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, my first introductions to Hulk was like not only the animated series in the nineties, but <laughs> um like future imperfect and joe fix it yeah. where hulk had a personality i was like okay yeah. so like as much as this dual identity like hulk is not just a raging lunatic of a monster that barely speaks like he's also sometimes got some smarts yeah. like he's got strategy like he's his own character and yeah. then greg pox run came around and that's when i was reading incredible hulk proper and i was like okay no like this shines again like hulk is the main character Bruce yeah. Banner's also a main character, but Hulk is his own thing. Uh, so it never really dawned on me the whole idea of like what you see on on the first cover of I think it was Incredible Hulk number one. Is he man or monster? Man or monster or both. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, it really it really kind of gave me that new perspective um of just like what Hulk can be, or I guess kind of always was, but you know, I never really saw it. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, Incredible Hulk. It is incredible. Check it out. It is, yes. This is fantastic stuff, as said by Alan Moore. Yes. <laughs> About an entirely like, different book, but I will quote it again. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure Xander was very happy to get a quote from his old working chum, Alan Moore. <laughs> but like, that's just such a bland, generic quote. It says nothing about the book at all. No. It's like... <laughs> it's the equivalent of like someone says like oh tell me what you think of this song and you're like it's great yeah that's, that's it, it. <laughs> nothing more uh, care to elaborate no 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 it's great <laughs> like, cool okay yeah <laughs> now when I, I saw that quote I'm like oh cool is that one more I'm like wait that's all he said <laughs> that, oh, I guess that does seem very Alan Moore yeah, yeah, very nice. Very nice yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it's about time we get into our books, but maybe before that, it's it's been what 30, 40 minutes or so. Uh, we'll take a quick yeah. commercial break and we will be right back. Stay tuned. Uh all right, so we're gonna get into our books for the week, starting with Harley Quinn number 31. Uh, with a brief little backup this main story is written by teeny howard with art from sweeney boo and letters from steve wands 
and and I hope I got all that right because I was looking through the issue today and there is no title card. <laughs> so I had to look it up on uh, League of Comic Geeks and I hope I got all the the uh, creatives right. Um, all right, so Harley, as we saw last issue, is still in the little skirmish fight with Captain Carrots but is able to survive long enough thanks to cartoon physics for good old Rodney Rabbit to eventually just calm down. She explains the situation to him, and he actually understands. He's been through some crazies himself, as you've seen very recently in various many things. He even quotes uh, the big fight with Nixuotan, which I think was the one in the multiversity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Nixuotan, the super judge. Yeah. I forgot that for a Um... All right, so he he definitely understands what's going on through her life right now. And as he says, his world may be decimated right now by what the hell's on the butt side? Backside. Backside. Backside, yeah. yeah. Uh, which also, little little quote there, uh, he does say right after, backside of all people, which isn't even the real dark side. There's only one of those. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a great little nod. Okay, so like that was a question mark for a lot of people last issue. Is how is there a backside if there's only one dark side? No, okay, so yeah. this is just a guy thought, that exists thought, in Earth 26 and just yeah. wants to fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he decides to help Harley return to her own Earth, uh, but gives her a magic carrot to help her if she needs the assistance. Uh, the same magic carrots that give him the super strength he needs to be a Superman level character. So she returns to Earth Zero. Again, I'm thinking, I'll just go Earth Zero uh, to find yeah. Ivy at her apartment and begins to explain everything that's happened recently. I should become a professor thanks to court ordered documents. Uh, despite that, Ivy's still proud of her. Ivy, she had to break her plant. All the stuff was Satana and Earth 26. And, and also, Ivy's just sympathetic as well. Like, she gets it. Stuff's going to happen. At least uh, at least Harley's trying to do the right thing. Uh, so they, they end the night there, and the next day they go on a class field trip that Harley is teaching to the giant typewriter museum in Gotham, yeah. of all freaking places, yeah. uh, which Two-Face hijacks and starts to attack Harley and the class. Uh, Harley's in a bit of a, a bind now because Two-Face has a gun pointed at one of her students. So he, she, sorry, she uses the magic carrot that Captain Carrot gave her to save the students, but the power from that other universe calls out to Lady Quirk, who arrives and now begins to unravel the universe. But just as she begins, Harley gets a call for Batman, who needs her immediate help. Uh, so Lady Quirk decides to stop the attack because you never ignore a call from Batman. Which, of, of all the ways to end an issue leading into Night Terrors, <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> Yeah. Um can I just say I love that Gotham City is like so obsessed with the giant typewriter bit that they literally <laughs> built the fucking museum dedicated to it. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know if you saw it, but like in that scene where she's first introducing it, it has the giant typewriter like in the foreground, and then in the background there's a giant typewriter store. store. Yeah. <laughs> but i guess it makes sense like if if such a gag existed in real life you bet your ass there'd be a museum for it oh hell yeah and 
every museum is going to have a gift shop. So I was not surprised to see a giant typewriter museum store. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, it's not even an exhibit in the museum. Like the whole building is dedicated the to whole just building this one is giant just typewriter. Yeah, yeah, just one giant typewriter. <laughs> oh man. This this book, since Teeny Howard took over, has just been hit after hit for me. It's <laughs> it's very charming. As a book, yeah. it really is. It's got great comedy to it. Like I'm laughing right now just thinking about it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and the art, Sweeney Boo, man, knocks it out every time. I, I don't know how you feel about it. The The only thing that's bugging me is is um, Harley's teeth are really big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least the top of her mouth is like really freaking big to the point that's distracting. But the rest is is just fantastic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I noticed that too. It was kind of prominent. And I don't know if that was just like a, a style that the artist that, that Sweeney Boo chose or yeah, it, it did look kind of weird. I admit, especially compared to everyone else because no one else really has those prominent teeth, but yeah. Um, aside from that, I don't know. Like I had a lot of fun with this issue actually. Yeah. I don't remember what I gave it um, last month. Um, I, I remember that the zoo crew were killed, which I thought was kind of grim. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so I was, was going to mention uh, Captain yeah. Carey did say that they'll just pick the pieces back up and they'll be alive soon enough. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, like, I, I, I remember, oh my god, um, there's like a, a panel from Multiversity where Captain Carey gets like flattened into a pancake and then he bounces back up and he's like, cartoon physics, and you're like, if you were anyone else, you would be fucking dead. Yeah. And I guess with <laughs> In you know, in the dimension of the zoo crew, something like that you can literally just bounce back from because it's a cartoon and that's how cartoon physics work. So exactly. I guess I, that's kind of on me. I was I really like bought into it. I was like, oh, they're gone. Like, why would you? But of course they're just gonna they're just gonna pop right back because that's what cartoons do. So aside from that, no, I had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I agree. Since uh, since Teeny Howard's taken over, like it feels like the book has kind of a really fresh manic energy going on um, yeah exciting in a weird way i guess um, yeah not to knock uh the last that. run like the the last creative team had its ups and downs but for the most part i think was pretty good yeah uh, i think but it this so far is just came up, yeah the, the last run sort of was coming up towards the end um i think the last storyline for me was definitely like more interesting than a lot of what had happened in the run before but yeah no, this one i'm I just I like it. It's just really fun. So yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, did you give your score? Uh, nine out of ten for this one. Yeah. No, I gave this one an eight point two five out of ten. There you go. Uh, I, I forgot to mention the backup though. Um, but there's there's not much to talk about. I just want to point out that that they're still doing the Harley Quinn dream sequence stories, and this one is is great. Uh, it's written by Heather Ann Campbell with art from Philia Bratukin. Uh, colors from Lee Lofridge and letters from Hassan Osmane El Hau. Uh, it's a reimagining of a mecha anime that I just want to read more about this world. Uh, yeah, cool. I, I'm really into mecha right now, so this is great. Um, I can't tell you if it's specifically a certain one, but the mm-hmm. title of the story definitely lends to uh, Evangelion. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even yeah. make that connection. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth a check. I'm enjoying these backups though. These these the Harley in various different worlds is is actually yeah. really cool. No, that's awesome. All right, uh, so now we're going to move on to our second book, which is Detective Comics number 1073, brought to us by Brandon. Yes, it is. Detective Comics 1073, brought to us by Brandon, who is me. I don't know what intro that was, but it's a good guy. Um, this is written by Rob D, with art from Yvonne Race and Goran Sudzika. Uh, inks from Danny Miki and Garan Suzuka, colors from Brad Anderson, and letters from Ariana Marr. Um, last issue, uh, Organ Tower had been set to detonate, and now it's detonated. And thankfully, uh, most of the people have been evacuated from the tower. Nightwing is to thank for that. Um, but of course, the impact of the tower being destroyed and Batman sort of. <coughs> Being the main guilty party, as is uh, revealed later on in the issue, does not make things great. Uh, but we cut to the underground cavern where Arzen and Batman are still sort of going head to head with Arzen kind of talking about all the changes that are going to come to Gotham and sort of the, the changes that will push Bruce away in uh, the wake of things. Um, but as he and Arzen are sort of going back and forth, Shabad makes a speech to the people of Gotham City, sort of trying to trick them into believing that Batman was responsible for the explosion of the Organ Tower, um, and that he is really against the progress that the Organs are trying to build into the city. We cut over to the Clock Tower, where Oracle is watching all this unfold, and she gets a visit from Arclight in the Vigil, who showed up in an earlier issue to kind of, like, give her more information. But now I guess he's just like, oh, like, fuck it. If you guys don't solve it, we're doomed. <laughs> it was so funny because I, I remember in that issue, he was like, if you guys don't take care of it, we will. But I guess now he's just like, uh, like I don't know. <laughs> Batman doesn't solve it, we're doomed. So I guess Arclight had a change of heart. Um, but as uh, Batman is trying to hold off everything that is coming on, um, Arzen kind of goes through an upgrade, gets the upper hand on him a little bit, and then releases an asthma, which quickly infects himself into his body, and Batman's trying to fight it all off. But while he's doing this, he's also getting, I don't know if you would call it a, a pep talk or more of like um, a convincing speech from the demon that sort of lives within him that we've been seeing teased throughout the, the past couple issues of this, this demon that's been living inside of him. And it's basically saying like let me out let me get control and not only will i take care of the asthma but i'll help you clean up the city proper and we've seen him you know kind of struggling with this offer to succumb to the darkness but he's sort of been rejecting it uh through and through um and even now he continues to do so while still fighting the asthma but makes his way to the surface and is now just kind of making his way through gotham city as it's falling apart in the midst of all this chaos and madness um and that's basically where this main story ends. Um, I, I don't know. How how did you feel about this one? I'm curious. Oh, I think you might be muted. I was muted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
I pulled a Josh. <laughs> it happened. I hope he laughs at that. Um, yeah. yeah, this this story is going on just a little long for me, but it's still exciting. Yeah. Like I'm still yeah. really invested in the story, but I just I can't wait to see where it's going. Um, yeah. And I got to freaking wait two months to see this because this the way yeah. this one ended got me really excited about where it's gonna go. Uh, because yeah. they've been hemming and hawing about this whole thing with Barbatos. Yeah, I I don't know how you guys pronounce. It. I keep saying Barbatos. No, I say Barbatos. It, it, it had like the um, the dashes in between the three. Um, I don't know, like the the three parts of of his name, and it, it oh, felt yeah. like yeah, you read it in that way, not like Barbatos or anything. Oh, okay, because so I know the 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 original version. Like the the mythical version, I think is Barbatos or Barbatos. I think yeah. I think is pronounced Barbatos, but because it's Batman, yeah. I've been saying like it's since I first read it, like Barbatos makes sense. But yeah, yeah I thought they were trying to do that because she had like a bat too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just got that stuck in my head, Barbatos. But okay, Barbatos. Um, they've been teasing that that whole thing since the beginning, and I've I've been just waiting. For something and now we're finally getting some inkling of Barbatos taking over uh and still bruce is like no I'm like fuck off just do it <laughs> yeah give it but you know he's gonna have to eventually at some point like exactly you can feel it coming the question is what form will that take yeah and that's where i really don't know because the thing that i'm still not really clear on is you know is this a a metaphorical demon where if bruce quote unquote releases him, it's just gonna unhinge his mind and he'll basically be like not like Zurin R, but he'll just sort of have like this this rush of adrenaline and power and you know um untethered capability that he'll be able to do anything. Or will it literally turn him into a demon like Barbados? That's where I'm sort of confused. Um yeah. or, or not confused, more like I'm just wondering Curious. what direction they're gonna take it. Because I could I mean the story is called Gothic Gotham Nocturne, but it has a very gothic feel. So I yeah. can very much see him literally metamorphosing into a bat. Like that wouldn't be unexpected, but you know, it could yeah. just be metaphorical enough. Uh, well, it's it's certainly going to be interesting. Whatever they yeah. do with it, I could see it being a lot like the Arzen. Mm. No, no, not Arzen. The uh, shit. What are they called? Asmer. The Asmer. Thank you. Um. Where it's just like a, a being that takes over your mind and yeah. like takes over your body. I can see it like that, but a lot more controlled. It's not just a wild animal. Right. Yeah. So, um, at least that's that's the vibe I got when they were showing at the end, like inside Bruce's mind, there was Barbatos and there was the asthma. And they were about ready uh, to like fight over Bruce's mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting, and I think yeah, the only way Bruce is going to get out of this is to let Barbatos in, because yeah. at this point he's kind of fucked. Pretty much, <laughs> like he yeah. literally has an asthma in him. I don't even. I forget how they say you can unchain an asthma from your mind. Um, Wasn't it even, cold? Was it well cold? Yeah, cold kills it. But I think cold kills it before it attaches itself to you. Um, oh, okay. Because it was, it was. Remember in the Two Face 
backup. It was tethered to Two Face, but I think the only way that he was able to oh, yeah. it was like with his other persona. So I don't Great. even know how Boots would be able to do that. Um, well, that's 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 the key then. That's that's the whole reason they had that backup. Yeah, was to say like, okay, so an alternate personality. If the Asmer is tied to Harvey Dent, it's not tied to Two Face. The same right, idea. Yeah. The Asmer is tied to Bruce Wayne, but it's not tied to Barbatos. Yeah, yeah. But if Rom V and Chip Starsky were communicating, they could just say it's not tied to Zer and R. Yeah, because I'm thinking that too. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like Rom V kind of wants to do his own. His own story, not really tied too much into the other books. So yeah, it's probably yeah, like you know, we, we we've set up this this other demon that's living within Bruce's soul that has maybe been with him since childhood. Like, yeah, we'll just we'll we'll have that kind of be the other personality that will help him wrestle the asthma from his mind. Yeah, that's uh, it. It's certainly interesting. It it is getting very serious now, though. Like, yeah. It was serious before, but it's this take it to a whole new level. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean it was it was a, it was a solid read for sure. But yeah. I think I'm I'm definitely in the same camp as you. I'm just kind of like I'm invested, but at this point, like you don't have to keep pitching me on the idea. Like let's just kind of you know get to that point. Yeah. That, that big dramatic point, and then and then continue from there. Yeah. Like. The War World saga was one thing <laughs> where it just yeah. kept going and that was fine and all, but uh-huh. it, it certainly didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And like this is almost getting to that point, I think. Oh, yeah. Or just, it feels like it hasn't really progressed. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, I'm sure like once this story is wrapped, it'll be a satisfying read in in a whole in like a, a big complete story but yeah it's it's kind of hard when you're reading it month to month and you know the the progression is really kind of slowed down yeah like that's that's the problem with with certain stories like they read a lot differently in a collection yeah and it'll be a fantastic read in in a collected edition but yeah. like you just said it's, it's like really slow month to month so it's yeah this is definitely going to be a story that's better to read as a collected edition. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, also keep in keep mind the fact that yeah, we're reading like like 20 to 25 DC books a month, not counting the other books that you're reading as well. Exactly. And you're trying to kind of keep track of those plots, so yeah. stuff is, is kind of getting lost. And yeah, I, I have to remind myself of that sometimes where I'm just like, like, why can't I remember this? I'm like, well, I'm reading like 25 other books. Like, of course, I'm not going to remember every single plot detail of, of some of the books that, you know, are moving a little bit slower. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, but, at least with Detective Comics, I've been losing track about like the chapters and acts and whatnot. So, yeah. I, I've been forgetting how many issues it's been, but I'm kind of, I'm trying to remember based on the backups. Right. So was the, there was the two face backup and there was two backups with, the boy uh yeah there was, um there was three well there was one that told a three-part story so right this intro yeah then there was the the two-faced story that followed that yeah i think there was like one more um jim gordon story basically i'm sort of acting like a coda 
Yeah. And, and that Mr. also Freeze. featured the boy. Yes, yeah. Uh, the Mr. Freeze story. And then there was that. The boy. And then I think and now, yeah, this now with Rachel Ghoul. Yeah, with Rachel Ghoul and. Uh, or maybe not Rachel, with Arza. Yeah, yeah, with Arza. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, and I think all of, all the backups have been at least three parts. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, we're up to fourteen issues now. <laughs> it feels yeah, like. Sure. So it's 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 getting there. Yeah, slowly but surely. But, yeah. Uh, speaking but, of but the fourteen back- issues of one story arc is yeah, where it's... where it feels like it hasn't progressed. Just yeah. no matter how good it is, it's just. Yeah, people are talking about I know we've talked about even like Nightwing just being slow but yeah. <laughs> this is is yeah. just, just as slow yeah but it's yeah. still good that's the thing that's why it scored an 8.75 yeah for me well yeah I think at least with Nightwing for me the, the complaints at least sometimes was just you know I mean it, it was taking a while to get to its stories but it also just felt directionless occasionally like it was like again i I go back to the car analogy like we're driving in a car and there's a destination in mind but we're just kind of turning all over the place and every so often i'm like hey tom where are we going and he's like uh we're going somewhere yeah we're just taking the long way to get there we're going to take a couple of detours and i'm like do you know where we're going and he's like i don't know but i think (laughs) we're going to get there eventually um (laughs) Again, all twenty thousand of us fitting in our hatchback or whatever. But, <laughs> with this, like, you kind of know where the destination is. Yeah, you know you're gonna head there. It's just taking a long time to get there. But like, it's it's reinforcing what that is. With that, it's just like every couple of months there will be a heartless reference. Um, and I guess in our car analogy, that would be like, you know, every couple of months we see like a highway sign that says we're. 30 miles out but then tom takes like a a right turn off the highway or something and we're in like some ghost town and he's like okay i guess we're gonna get back to where we're going i don't know where i'm really going with this analogy i i I think it made more sense in my head but the point is um (laughs) it still makes sense but a little bit different the fact that um, you even got to the point where you're like, I don't know where I'm going with this. I was thinking, neither does Tom Taylor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, you know, on a road trip, like sometimes that can be fun. Like, oh, we're just kind of out driving and having fun and, you know, seeing the seeing the land. But after a certain point, you got to go somewhere. Yeah. You can't just be in the car forever, wandering aimlessly until you run out of gas. And exactly. Gas in this analogy is like time on the book. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, we have one short little backup. Uh, as we mentioned, um, this is part two of the <clears throat> Arzen story that we started last month, Things That Must Die, written by Dan Waters with art from Stefano Raphael, colors from Lee Lowridge, and letters from Steve Wands. This one is pretty quick, but basically just continues after the death of Asim at uh, the hands, supposedly, of Rachel Ghoul's soldiers. Um, <clears throat> and Arzen is sort of at the mercy of the guards who are obviously trying to kill him as well. But thankfully, he's spirited away by Shavad um, while some of Queen Daria and the Orgum's soldiers are trying to fight off the rest of them. Um, <clears throat> they are able to dispatch two, um, but there's one that gets away. 
But really the most noticeable thing and the most important thing about this whole situation is that Arzen's behavior has completely flipped and that any kind of mercy that he had for the garden that we saw him trying to cultivate in the previous act up has completely gone away. And he literally walks out with a torch and burns the damn thing to the ground and thus marks the end of Arzen's innocence, I suppose you could say, as he completely commits himself to the sword fighting and his training and everything. Um, but before we're done, or rather before Arzen uh, is, is done with this chapter in his life, uh, Queen Daria gives him a little gift, a music box, with a fun little treat inside the tongue and eye of the guard that got away. Because what does every boy need as a gift? A tongue and an eye. Um, of course, they make for great little pieces on your shelf. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it's a fitting end, I suppose, to Darzen, Darzen, to Arzen's innocence and the beginning of the man that he will become, that we, of course, know in the main uh, detective comic story. Um, solid backup, like nothing too special. I guess it was helpful in fleshing out the backstory for Arzen. But I will say, like, if you're not really interested in him as a character or you don't really care about his backstory, it's kind of forgettable. I, I like Arzen. I thought it was solid um, and the writing was tight. But like, I even I can admit, like, it's not essential. It's just kind of there if you want that extra backstory, I suppose. So for the whole issue, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, but yeah. How did you feel? Uh, the, they're kind of on the fence. Um, I I kind of flipped through it like the the whole, and this is partially where the the dullness comes in for me because this whole thing with the orgums I I I don't really care about their backstory because I'm not right. invested <laughs> in them as characters yet. Yeah, yeah, right. It's kind of being forced upon me when I haven't seen uh, too much from them to really give a shit. Yeah. Right. And that's that's sort of what I mean, where like in your case, you kind of just see them as like, oh, they're the villains, they're the obstacle, they're not really the people that I'm invested in, the characters I want to know more about. Yeah. So this is just kind of like, oh, who gives a shit about Arzen's childhood? Yeah. Like it might the the way Rob V writes, uh definitely could have hints to the future and there might be some pieces here that that will come into play later on like like we talked about earlier i didn't even think about it the fact that the whole two-faced backup was just foreshadowing the idea that bruce now has to wrestle between an asmer and barbatos right right so this backup could very well have something to do later on but right now it just seems kind yeah. of pointless right yeah and i just don't care about it I, I guess if I can say maybe one more thing, like I, I do appreciate that it's at least trying to maybe flesh out um, the character of Queen Daria a little bit more. Yeah. And I know in your case, it, it, that may not be of particular interest, but we've kind of gotten hints as to, you know, who she is as a queen and sort of her role at the center of all this. And we had that whole issue with the backstory between her trying to kill her husband and sending race to do it and all that stuff when they were out on their quest. And I, I appreciate that they're kind of revealing more and more how kind of duplicitous the evil she could be. And sorry, I, I, I forget if I mentioned this in the backup, but it is revealed, or I think, I don't, I don't know if they say it expressly, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they do that uh, Queen Daria was the one that basically hired 
uh, racist assassins to try and kill Arzen so that he could essentially just grow up and become the man he's supposed to be. And like, I appreciate that it kind of fleshes out her motivations a little bit more. But yeah, I, I do hear you that like, if you don't really care, this ain't going to do it for you. So yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I think the backup is the only reason it didn't get a nine. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Okay. With you. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, did you give your score for the issue? Yeah, I gave it an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay, right on. Uh, all right, so that brings us to our last book of the week is Action Comics number ten fifty six, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art from well Rafa Sandoval, despite the fact that apparently wrote Rada Sandoval. <laughs> uh, colors from Matt Herms and letters from Dave Sharp. Picking up where we last left in the end of 1055. It's 1056, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cyborg Superman, Hank Henshaw, mm-hmm. and Superman Clark Kent are facing off while Tracy Corbin, with a new Metallo body of her own, is taking on the rest of the Superfam. Um, Clark begins to get the upper hand, and the Superfamily are like kind of overtaking Tracy Corbin because it's like five against one. So Hank Henshaw uses his, I guess it's called technokinesis uh, in a way, <laughs> or just like ability to control technology all over the place uh, to summon a whole bunch of various uh, Metallo themed robots to help. Yeah, they call him. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but they okay. call him like, a, I think they call him a technopath. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was in this issue. Maybe it was in the previous issue, but yeah, it was like this idea that, he can basically be in all of his drones at once. Yeah. Yeah, which is which the same same kind of idea for Technokinesis, I guess. Technopath, yeah. yeah. Um, so Clark does what he can to keep Henshaw on his toes and distracted, uh, while Connor, Steele, and various other members of the Superfam present <coughs> can to take down the new robots. Connor asks for help from Eradicator, but Eradicator being Eradicator does not care about the survival of, oh, in his off, words, <laughs> yeah, the survival of a flawed clone and two Phalosian exiles because they're not in the interest of Krypton. Yeah, <laughs> but he it's does big. just before he decides to peace on out of there. Uh, he does give uh, counsel. I say he decides to peace on out of there because it certainly feels like his choice to fight the fact, despite the fact that he says my connection to the fortress will be severed. Sure, sure. <laughs> that's, well, the that's fact the... that he made it. Yeah, I'm like the fact that he made it this far and he's still yeah. functioning. Like that seems like a very convenient time to just crap out. Yeah, that's the the mid fight equivalent of uh the signal's getting choppy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're breaking up. Yeah, <laughs> like we're going through a tunnel. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Gary, oh, and then you hang up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's basically eradicated right now. But he did offer a bit of advice uh, with Henshaw's constructs, basically hinting that uh, not even hinting, more just like outright telling Connor, use your tactile telekinesis to disrupt his electrical signals, and that'll fuck up the robots. So Connor does just that. Uh, Henshaw gets word of it. Or get a makes notice of it and tells Tracy Corbin to just like fuck everyone up. So Tracy attacks Connor directly. Steel comes in, whacks her twice with the hammer, and um, uh, John Corbin gets a little pissed off, <laughs> punches out Steel, goes to save Tracy. 
but then Hank Hanshaw realizes Tracy failed, says, oh, you're a disappointment, and just heat visions her right in the head. Uh, <laughs> so now, now Corbin is pissed off at Cyborg Superman, goes after Hanshaw, they duke it out, uh, and Corbin actually gets the upper hand and tears Henshaw in half, which severs the connection completely with all of the drones, including the ones in Metropolis in A-Town that the rest of the Super Bam are fighting. Uh, and um, Keenan hears actually a heartbeat in one of them, so he races off to somewhere we don't really know uh probably star labs to try and save at least one of the people that were taken over uh tracy is down for the count uh and Cor- john corbin is very upset um but superman uh does what he can takes everyone back to star labs and they're able to rebuild tracy in a new body as well as john corbin and it's a lot like john's original body uh it's f- like complete with uh fake flesh with metallic undertones. Um, they look human, even though they're not. And Tracy is just not dealing well with it. But John will be there with her in... Oh, it's not even Star Lab. Sorry, it's Steelworks Tower uh, to mm-hmm. just be there for her. Uh, later on that night in the Blue Earth headquarters, which looks like a church straight out of Gotham, <laughs> the various <laughs> members of Blue Earth are um, basically talking about how the Super Family are winning uh, and they need to step up their game. But then the person that started the Blue Earth uh, movement uh, shows up, a woman I do not recognize, but I feel I should, and I hope you do, Brandon. Um, I think she might be a new character, but I, I could be wrong, because I didn't okay. recognize her. Fair enough. Uh, very goth-inspired, it looks like. Yeah. Um, basically has a new plan that... Uh, basically is is going to shine Superman as a mass murderer and the Bluer Society is going to be the one to save the day. But that doesn't happen in next month. It happens in September because next month is Night Terrors. Yeah. Um, But I I will say, I mean, despite the fact that it kind of ends on not so much a cliffhanger, but set up for the next arc, there's at least the conclusion to this story. Mm Hmm. Unlike Green Fucking Lantern, which literally ended with the, <laughs> the Night Terrors, but also like everything that that book has been setting up between Hal and Carol and <laughs> Ferris and all that stuff in the ring is being put on pause. So, yeah, yeah it could be worse. Yeah. Like Detective Comics kind of left on a cliffhanger as well. Yeah. For two months. Oh, yeah. Har- Harley, much. technically. Uh, even though they kind of wrapped that up very neatly with all the cartoon Harley physics you can imagine. So at least it was it was recognized to be just kind of put on pause. And they were just like, okay, no, time out. I got to go deal with this other thing. Like, that I appreciate. But you're right. Like, stuff with Green Lantern, it's just like, we're right in the middle of a fucking story. <laughs> animation. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, um, at, at least this came to, I think, a fairly solid conclusion. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, at least, yeah, it's it got to a point where they could pause it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, it was quite good. Like, they, they go on to talk later on um, while John and Tracy are at Steelworks. Uh, Superman, I, I don't remember who he was talking to. I want to say it was Lana. Uh, uh-huh. about the good he he did and uh, he just he he definitely thinks that John is is going to be 
a, a good person someday. He definitely thinks that that John Corbin could be and is a good person, and that he he yeah. will he will shine a different light other than green out of his chest. Uh, he <laughs> says he even says John Corbin's going to surprise us someday. So that that definitely feels like uh, Johnson's got some stuff up his sleeve for Metallo later on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had some some free time, and I just kind of reread this whole arc, and I think it really kind of shines as both a Superman story, obviously, with, you know, dealing with the war world fallout and Blue Earth and Cyborg Superman. But I think it also really shines as a John Corbin story, especially because it really kind of dug into his past, his kind of feeling like, you know, have I always just been this weapon or, you know, have I have I been something else or something like that? And sort of the relationship he has had with his sister and uh, maybe this kind of belief that he could be something more than just, you know, Metallo, yet another Superman villain. So I think it's definitely been a, a pretty good, um, a pretty good Metallo story, I guess. A pretty good John Corbin story, kind of letting him shine. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I definitely appreciate that. Even the stuff with Tracy Corbin, as as sad as that was, at least now John has somewhat of a happy ending for now. Yeah. Before fate might pull him back in. Um and he's he's just doing good. Like it's yeah. it's it's really satisfying and nice to see that a family that's gone through so much shit and basically is dead could still end up in a happy place in a way, you know? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I there's just nothing more Superman than I don't know, being so inspiring that you inspire villains to stop being villains. I know that sounds like so corny, but I guess sometimes that's just what you need for a Superman story. Yeah. Quite honestly, like, and this is one thing that's all not really bugged me, but one thing I'm, I'm surprised nobody took advantage of. Like we've always had that with the flash and the rogues. Uh-huh. where they've had at least with Barry and and occasionally with Wally like they've had that kind of relationship that they they just get along and, and a lot of the rogues have worked with the flash at one point or another and have been good guys um, yeah shit Pied Piper yeah like Pied Piper alone and uh what I was reading in in Jeff John's Wally run like who else was it the tr- Trickster? Yeah, the, the it was the trickster. Oh, yeah, became, yeah, the, became a the, uh, FBI yeah, agent. Uh, yeah, James, James Jesse. Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Um, before the new trickster took over, yeah. uh, so like it's it's very apparent that like it a lot of these villains, as much as the rogues were never like high class criminals, they were kind of just in it for the money and just doing it because they could. Uh, they always had that capability, and and Flash always was able to not even necessarily inspire them, but just talk to them and and help them do oh, yeah. stuff. I've always seen Superman capable of that as well. Yeah, and that's never really been a point for anyone to write about that Superman can take all these villains he's had and just like get down to the root of the problem. Okay, what's going on? Why are you doing this? And I think a lot of that is the difference between Metropolis villains and the rogues. Like I said, the rogues are just in it for the money. They're in it for the thrill. They're in it because they can not out of a hatred for the flash. They hate the flash because the flash stops them from having fun, but they're not doing it because of the flash. They're doing it because they want to. Whereas a lot of Metropolis villains do what they do because they hate Superman. (laughs) So it's, it's really hard to, 
to listen to the guy that you're trying to kill. <laughs> you know, a lot, well, a lot of them feel like they have Superman to blame. I mean, Metallo, exactly. like Luther, Hank Henshaw, um, Hank Henshaw, yeah, Cyborg Superman, Parasite, I guess to a certain extent. Although I don't yeah. really know why, because that's more of a Lex Luthor problem. Yeah, but, I think right. it's with Parasite at this point. It might be more so that. Superman is just the ultimate power source to drain from. Yeah. And if he's always true. hungry, like, okay, this guy has all the juice I need for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly the point I was getting to. Like, like Superman is, is the root cause of a lot of these villains sometimes. Huh. So, yeah, so that's... I I wish we'd had more stories like this. Where a lot mm-hmm. of Superman's older villains could be rehabilitated, and not necessarily become like heroes, but just become better people, you know. Yeah. I do think it's super- interesting. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that we're we're having this story with uh, Metallo, and also kind of the similar story with Lex Luthor over in Superman. Although, yeah, how long that will last, we don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, as much as I would love to see like a like a rehabilitation story for Lex, I also don't want it to happen because Lex is just like to me is the ultimate Superman villain. It's true, yeah. yeah. And when Lex is kind of like in in his villain attitude, it's usually when he's the most entertaining. Yeah. Um, well, uh, well, yeah. That that's true. But also, like, I I do remember during Rebirth, that brief period when he was sort of acting as Superman too. Yeah. And like, he still had the Luther attitude, but he was doing good. And like, that was, you know, that was entertaining to see. Yeah. And then, um, he was like on the just, I think this was before that, like during the new 52, he was on the, the Justice League too. And that was kind of entertaining to read. So like, it can work, but I, I definitely hear you. Like, I feel like Lex is, is, Probably his most entertaining when he's also a villain. But I, I don't necessarily mind seeing him try and work towards good a little bit more. Yeah. It's it's certainly going to be interesting where they go with him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, Cyborg Superman as well. One of my all-time favorite DC villains. Not even just Superman sure. villain. Just DC in general. Uh, made yeah. the story a lot of fun for me really cool to see uh you want me to get into the next story yeah let's do it all right so this one is brought to us by dan jurgens uh oh i forgot the another i i missed in my notes uh the for the first story it was rafa sandoval and max rayner sorry uh did the art uh so the story is written by dan jurgens with art from lee weeks colors from elizabeth breitweiser and letters from rob lee uh, so this is picking up in uh, it's Lois and Clark 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if if you're old enough to get that joke, you know. Yeah. Um, John Kent is in prison on the planet the planet Plun. I guess that's how you pronounce um, it. Alien planets yeah. are always hard to pronounce. Plun. Plun, Plun. I'm sure they say that about Earth too. Like, the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Earth, AR, yeah. Do you humans say it? Human, humans, human. Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, so he is realizing that the prison he's in is lead walls. So despite the fact that he figures his father is coming to save him, uh, Clark has no way to figure out where the hell he is, uh, <laughs> which is a shame. But Clark, as we mentioned, is directly on his way to Planet Blun. Uh, but he is found by uh, Gliana uh, in a teleportation portal that takes him directly to Blun, where they have a brief little discussion, him and Gliana, uh, about what's going on. And she does mention that there are, <coughs> excuse me, 120 lead prison cells buried all around the world, and any one of them could be holding John. Uh, but if he wants to figure out which one it is, she or he has to help her with her little rebellion problem. And he goes down to uh, outside her fortress to talk to the people and figure out what the hell's going on. And as he talks to the people, uh, they they mention all the the bad shit's going on that they're starving, the world is dying, and and the Kilimex are keeping them in line. And Glenn is doing nothing to to help anyone except herself. Uh, so Clark does what he can to buy some time, make it look like he's uh, quelling the resistance, but he's really just keeping the people away from the, the fortress until he can find John. John realizes if if his father can't find him or see him or hear, or, uh, hear him directly, he's going to have to make enough noise on the walls to get Clark to hear him. As Clark is flying across the planet, uh, he starts punching the walls really hard, trying to make a, enough sound that Clark can hear. But Gliana notices this, begins to bring the oxygen out of the cell, and as John gives it one last giant uh, punch in the corner, he runs out of air and passes out. And that's where the story ends. Well, shit. Is he gonna die? Uh, I mean, everything (laughs) that we know about John suggests that no, but it's it's definitely a pretty scary situation. Yeah. uh, Looks Definitely like it could be dead weight. Yeah, which uh, is that's... so exciting because you get to rate or you get to wait two months to read about it. Oh god damn it! That's right. Because <laughs> this is not a backup in the Night Terrors Action Comics tie. Oh, uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is an example of a cliffhanger where you don't get a proper resolution. No, but at the same time, like. This is also the problem with stories like this that take place in the past yeah. with characters that are present in in the now and you're just like, okay, like you can set up a cliffhanger ending. You can put all this danger on here but you know this character comes out okay because yeah. they're still alive now. <laughs> like, it's as, as, as exciting as an ending as that is, you're just like, well, we know Clark is going to save him because yeah. he, he still lives. So... I guess as much as I appreciate the cliffhanger ending, I know in two months when we finally get back to the story, it's going to open with Clark finding the cell. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's kind of a given. Uh, that last little punch John gave in the corner of the wall uh, is definitely going to peak Clark's ears a little bit. Oh, yeah. So it'll probably be the last part of the story too. I imagine there can't be much mm-hmm. more. They might go to eight parts, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. Either way though, I'm still enjoying this little, excuse me, skirmish into the past. Uh, that whole era of Superman I've said before is one of my favorites. So I'm, I'm just really happy to have this. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
No, it's just a fun little throwback yeah. uh, to the John era, to a nice little adventure that they had, I guess, before, you know, the events of Man of Steel. So I'm still digging it. And, yeah. um, you know, like I, I don't know. I, I hesitate in saying I would love to see a continuation of this because, like, yes, I understand that it doesn't do well to just kind of dwell on the nostalgia of, the past John era and like that whole rebirth era of the super family. But I don't know, like if they wanted to do another mini series to kind of continue the story or continue the stories of, of young John before man of Steel, like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not entirely against it. So yeah, they want to do lower and Clark three. Fuck it. Yeah. I just, this whole thing feels like, it's a story Dan Jurgens always had in his back pocket. Yeah. That he just never got a chance to tell because Bendis took over. Yeah. yeah. Like Bendis I came agree. to DC exclusive and they were like, okay, we're giving you Superman, like all of it. Everybody's yeah. writing Superman, oh. we're gonna take him off. And yeah. then Jurgens just never got a chance off, to to yeah. tell this story. So who knows if he has other ones? Because oh, as far sure. in his mind, like what we're seeing now with Jeremy Adams and the Flash, like in his mind, he was just gonna keep going, so he's gonna have tons of stories ready to go, <laughs> yeah. right? So, Which is, yeah, it's funny because like that was his second time doing Superman. Yeah, so I get, you know, it now felt like the right time. Like if I'm just gonna keep going on Superman, this is gonna be it. But I guess like I cut short. This is yeah, what, like two years basically. Sorry, like two years. He was on that book. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Did, did was he doing all of Rebirth? No, it was just action comics because Tomasi and Gleason were doing Superman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Yeah, I think it was just like two years or so, and then you know, then this came over and took over both books. Yeah. I I don't. He might might have been two years. He was doing it. I don't remember. Um, yeah. But yeah, like at at that point, who knows like what else he's got? Like, yeah, it it definitely doesn't feel like a story that needed to be told now. Like, it's not going to have anything to do with what's going on currently no, or in the future. Fun. Yeah, it's just it's just a throwback story, and that's yeah. that's definitely the vibe I'm getting. Like, it's just a story he always had, and like one day maybe I'll get to tell it. But the fact that John is now seventeen, I probably won't. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Which is just cool to see, especially that they they give him that opportunity. Like, okay, we need a backup for action comics. <laughs> yeah, call. Yeah, so I I told you in my um, my NYCC recap or whatever the hell it was like six months ago. I don't even know. It feels like so long ago at this point. But the moment they announced that, like the whole room. I feel like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. Like genuinely, like the whole room was like, "Oh yeah!" and there was applause, and like you think someone just won a medal or something. Like literally, all he said was like, "Oh, I'm I'm doing more adventures with Kid John," and the whole world was like, "We defeated the Empire. Let's yeah. celebrate!" <laughs> Crazy. So yeah. yeah, I guess people are still jazzed up about that. I get it. I would be too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and honestly like it's not a top tier story i'll I'll admit no, no but it's but still nice to see fun. Yeah. yeah like I, i'm i'm not complaining i'm having a good time and 
I don't know when the last chapter of this will be, but I'm just going to keep enjoying it while it's here. Yeah. It's like Tom- if, if Tomasi had another Super Sun story, just like, oh, yeah, just, yeah, totally. just give it to me. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's bad. I want it. I'll, I'll take it. I'll just, yeah. I'm fine. Exactly. All right. Uh, and our last story, uh, last backup for the week uh, is the conclusion to the Steelworks story with featuring Steel and Steel. <laughs> if that wasn't a hint enough steel uh, picking, steel. yeah steel and steel uh, picking up where we left off Mr. Terrific has barged into John Henry Irons office uh, basically saying you made a mistake Mr. Henry Irons or no John yeah Mr. Irons um, <laughs> but it's not necessarily what you think uh, it's a bit more of a friendly visit than a nefarious one, despite the fact that they do have a bit of a sparring match, uh, and it ends in a double knockout. <laughs> in a way, yeah. they both punch each other in the face at the same time, and then they just have a laugh. That um, yeah. uh, Mister Terrific is here basically just to to help John Henry uh, with the next step of his plan and make sure that he knows what he's getting himself into. That. Uh, Mr. Terrific is actually a silent partner and an investor in all that uh, John Henry is doing but being uh, in the corporate life is a whole other type of evil and he wants to make sure that John Henry is ready for this Mm -hmm. Uh, meanwhile in the lobby Natasha is dealing with a Malcolm who has broken in as we saw last issue uh, and John Henry uh, after showing Mr. Terrific his Hall of Hammers, which is really fucking cool, uh, <laughs> grabs one of the biggest ones off the wall and heads down to the lobby without a suit and just beats the shit out of Amalgam's face with this giant hammer until Mr. Terrific and Natasha tell him to stop. And Mr. Terrific reminds him to to show the people who he really is, not as Steel, but as John Henry Irons, the man. Uh, and yeah. as the... Uh, a, a little adventure is being wrapped up. The city board announces that they have awarded Steelworks the contract for city planning for Metropolis, and this is to be continued in Steelworks number one, which is on sale now. Uh, leaving you with a question Who sent Amalgam? As John Henry says, I know damn well who sent them. And this oh. is just the beginning. That'll be interesting. Well done. To, to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we, we close off uh, the issue, uh, since I'm looking through the physical copy, as I mentioned, I had physical copies for the first time in fucking ages. Uh, every issue of DC Comics this week has a little teaser for the Night Terrors two-month event with uh, a person that might be the villain of the piece, but also reminds me of uh, what was it, Doctor Nightmare? Uh, yes. Well, Doctor like Nightmare, Doctor Destiny, Doctor Destiny. That's what um, I was thinking. With the Dreamstone, was that his? Whole? Yeah. I don't remember now. There's yeah. too too many doctors. <laughs> there, there are too many doctors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in what looks to be like the nightmare world at the Hall of Justice, and is attacked by uh, nightmare versions of the Justice League that came out of a painting. So <laughs> this guy's looking for the Dreamstone, and that's where it yeah. ends. Uh, just a little teaser, a little primer for Night Terrors coming up later this summer. Actually, starting next week, of all things. Uh, but for the Steelworks story, 
uh, wrapped up kind of nicely. We've already got Steelworks number one. Uh, have we? Th- have we had Steelworks number two? No, that actually comes out next week. Next week. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, so you, you've already seen where the story leads from there. I think it's been good. Uh, different creative team in the backup that we have in the, the main book, uh, which is kind of curious, God. but Thank fucking God. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not been the greatest little story. It's definitely had some it's... question marks, but it was really yeah. just like a setup. It was like a, like the... a prologue to Steelworks. This, yeah. This story is like one of those stories that it just pains me. Because the story itself is actually pretty interesting. Like it's setting up everything for for John Henry Irons and you know uh, Steelworks and all that stuff. I'm like, that's cool, um, especially with the mystery of Amalgam and, and who sent him. But my God, the dialogue is like so fucking, it's so bad, or yeah. some of it is so bad. Like it, I I like struggle to read it. Um, yeah, and I and I know that feels like a small thing, but like dialogue is kind of. 50% of what makes a comic book. It's the, it is the, no pun intended, amalgamation of story and art. Or, yeah. Or pictures and words, if you will. Um, so you kind of need that to be able to read the story. Um, and it's just like some of the, some of the dialogue is so terrible. Like, it just, I couldn't get through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like, it didn't really affect the score of my story. It didn't really affect the, the the score of this issue, but yeah, it was just like sometimes you're like, God, this is terrible. So and the, the yeah, art, the art wasn't like top tier for me either. It was still yeah. good, but it, it didn't feel grandiose. Uh-huh. If that makes sense, it it didn't feel like like the level of art you'd expect for something that's supposed to be so monumental. Yeah, especially when the art that we got from the regular Steelworks book is pretty good. So. Yeah. It's almost like the art matches the writing, which wasn't yeah. fantastic either. Like you said, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. I, I hate to talk down about things, but sometimes you have to. And, and yeah. it just, it kind of brought the book down a bit for me, even though it's the, the last chapter in this kind of Steelworks prologue. Yeah. Uh, so for the whole issue, I gave an eight point seven five. No, this issue I uh, I gave an eight point five. Like, still really enjoyed it and solid conclusion to the main story. And I'm I'm with you. Like, I don't I don't take any joy in, in you know crapping on a book or crapping on a story. But like, I don't know. Sometimes when it when it's like just so apparent and it's hard to ignore and there's nothing else to say. Like, I I, I just I can't. I can't say anything else. So. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, yeah, the, you know, this backup is, is done. Um, and we have the regular Steelworks book from Wharf. So it'll be nice to <laughs> kind of follow it. I love how that's, it. that's what it is. It's, it's just from Wharf. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could say it's from John Henry Irons, but like in my heart, in my mind, Michael Torres will always be Wharf. Yeah. <laughs> Our, our lovable Klingon warrior. Exactly. Our, our lovable Klingon security officer that always gets beat down. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, have you ever watched that super cut on YouTube of all the times Worf just got knocked out? 
Wait, I gotta see this. It's fantastic. I'll I'll look it up. I'll send it to you. Oh it's hilarious. No, please send that to me. Yeah, it's like the supercut of of all the times Riker does his Riker maneuver. Yeah, like oh over the Lord. chair. Yeah, or when uh, Picard just pulls his shirt down. <laughs> yeah, the shirt tuck. Oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I I might. Oh shit! You know what? It might not have been an actual supercut. It might have just been the uh, the honest trailer for Star Trek TNG. Oh my god! Which, if you haven't watched that, is also fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, either one. You gotta you gotta send. It yeah, to I'll me. I'll see if I can find a supercut of Worf. I'll send them both to you. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Yeah. With that, the fuck. Where am I going? Uh, let's get to our top three books of the week. And yeah. favorite moment, if you had one, you want to start us off? My pleasure. Uh, this week at number three, I had Detective Comics. At number two, I had Action Comics. Uh, and at number one, for reasons that we will soon discuss, I had Green Arrow, number three. Right on. Uh, I'm very similar there. Number three, I had Action Comics. Number two, we will also get to discuss soon, I had Green Arrow. And number one, surprising even myself, I had Harley Quinn. This wow. this week, yeah, I just it was so much fun this month. Like yeah. I just got, I got so into it. Like like this is just fun and colorful and bombastic and cartoony, and I I just can't help but love it. Ugh. Well, did you uh, did you have a favorite moment? The last page of Harley, actually, it's just I can't oh. stop laughing at the fact that that's how they end it <laughs> and lead oh, into wow. Night Terrors, because we've yeah. been talking for the past month about how every issue is kind of just pausing their story midway to go to night terrors and it just ends abruptly on a cliffhanger but harley was like fuck i'm not doing a cliffhanger i'm literally just gonna hit the pause button (laughs) yeah that was was great yeah my favorite moment i I don't know because it's kind of a spoiler for the next series of books we're going to talk well you know yeah i i know exactly where you're going because that's also that was my other favorite moments but it's not it's actually not that one it's another one oh but i'm i'm, I'm just gonna say it because it's in the preview of green arrow number three if you look it up online okay um, so no that's that's exactly where i was going yeah that's what i was oh, thinking okay. too. yeah yeah it it there is a moment that we will just where uh connor finally gets the reunion with ollie that we've all been waiting for for like i don't even know how long probably since robin 2021 yeah. And it was here, and it was it was executed perfectly. Oh god, it's yeah. Not, not schmaltzy. It's there's no like, you know, Ollie's not like oh, Connor, and there's none of that. Like it is, it's such a perfect Ollie moment. Like literally says nothing, ignores all the Legion of Superheroes, walks up and gives his son a damn hug. And I was yeah. like, that's all you need. Yeah. I, I was so happy with that. So it was perfect. That that was honestly my other favorite moment, but I chose the last page of Harley over uh that which s- is simply fair. because <laughs> like fair. because we're not reviewing Green Arrow in this show, but like if yeah, we were, that was gonna be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, easily my, my favorite moment out of the books this week is yeah. long overdue, but also just executed perfectly. Exactly. It it really was. There was there was no yeah. words to be said. It just no. it, it's perfect. And and we will get into much more great detail and probably talk more about that one moment in our paid show. Uh, so be sure to check it out. Um, <laughs> so is there any any last minute thoughts about the books we had today? 
Uh, I don't really have anything. No, I think uh, we covered everything. Right on. All right. So with that, that is our show. So if you do feel like supporting us and checking out our uh, subscriber bonus show, uh, be sure to check out our Discord server for only $2.99 a month. To get to that, visit our website, thegeekmatrixpod.com, for links to Discord, Twitter, Instagram, shows, and much more. And we're getting out of here, so you will have to as well. Be careful out there, and remember, in the Geek Matrix, you are not alone.